They want yeah. music programs across the country. They want to enhance their own music programs because they know how instrumental that it is to a child's success. Welcome back to the stage, ladies and gentlemen, the official performing arts podcast of the NFHS. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and our guest today is Tushar Swain, Director of Public Policy at Americans for the Arts. Tushar has made a career in music education, policy, and advocacy, and has even worked on Capitol Hill with the U.S. Senate. Tushar, thank you so much for joining me today, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Ken. How are you? Very good. Very good. I, I am thrilled that you uh, joined me today, and I'm, I'm really excited for our conversation today. Absolutely. It's, uh, like I said, it is a pleasure to be here. I have worked with NFHS for years. You all are just wonderful partners uh, and doing fantastic work in uh, the uh, performing arts space. Well, we appreciate it. The first question I had for you while we get started today, um, as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up and how did you get to where you are now? Well, we were just uh, talking uh, right before uh, we got on and uh, I wanted to be a professional athlete. Um, uh, I know that you uh, uh, played college, uh, played some college baseball, and I would have loved to have played college baseball, uh, football, basketball. I played hockey. Those are my sports, but I, my parents at one point, you know, <laughs> sat me down and said, you know what, this is probably not going to be uh, a, a career for you. And they were very gentle and, and, and always reminding me that and that, uh, that uh, school is very important. And, you know, while I didn't necessarily have to decide what I wanted to do, that, um, uh, that it was, you know, that it was important to do well in school. And so, uh, you know, from there, I uh, went to college. My parents are both physicians. They're both immigrants, very uh, incredibly hardworking. And I thought at that point, uh, you know, maybe I'd, I'd follow in their footsteps. Uh, but I kind of realized that, you know, that uh, medicine wasn't for me. Uh, so I graduated at uh, University of Pittsburgh with my um, with my uh, biology and political science degree. Uh, came to Capitol Hill working for my uh, uh, for the U.S. Senator representing my home state. Uh, worked on Capitol Hill for four years. Um, focusing primarily on uh, uh, tax, uh, healthcare, and uh, judiciary issues. I moved over to the biotech sector after that, um, worked on tax policy there, uh, as well as uh, financial services policy uh, and healthcare as well. I've worked on, um, uh, on a presidential campaign, on a couple of congressional campaigns, and a Senate campaign. Uh, so I do have some of that uh, campaign experience as well. Uh, I moved to National Association for Music Education in uh, 2016. My wife is a teacher, uh, uh, incorporates the performing arts and music. Uh, uh, she has a class play every year, uh, very close with uh, her music education program. So I thought that I'd give it. Uh, I thought that I'd give it a shot, even though I had no real experience in education policy, let alone music. 
uh, I played music or I played piano for about five years, but um, I, I unfortunately have forgotten it. And as my uh, daughters and my wife, who played for 10 years and still plays, um, you know, they really school me on the piano right now. So they have uh, they have surpassed me. Uh, but that was really my only uh, 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 music education experience. But I knew the value of it. Um, and, you know, just the camaraderie with the NAFME team, it ended up being a fantastic fit for me. I uh, worked there for five years, and uh, I've been at Americans for the Arts now for um, a little bit over a year. How, how Was there any limitations for you coming into the music education space? Well, I think that there is definitely a learning curve, right? I mean, I think that the thing that you want to do whenever, you know, if you want to be a good advocate is you really want to understand the industry or the profession that you're representing. And I do think that there was a little bit of a learning curve um, at the beginning, uh, but I really enjoyed that aspect of it because I think that uh, the best way to advocate uh, for public policy is by talking to experts, by talking to those who are actually doing the work. Uh, I really enjoy that part of it. Um, I, I, you know, I find it as a just su such a valuable learning experience for me. Um, so I wasn't, you know, there might have been initial limitations, but it didn't deter me because I think that that's the kind of work that I actually like to do. Yeah, as you get got into NAFME. How did your experience, you know, shape the way that you viewed the arts and view, viewed performing arts in America and maybe across the world? So it starts really with my two girls. I have two daughters and I really, you know, when I had kids, um, I really understood, particularly at a when they were at a very young age, when they went to school, you know, to daycare slash school at two years of age, I saw how important the arts were to them and how crucial it was to their development. The way that they retained information through song, through, you know, through plays that, that they performed, they retained that knowledge far more than they did whenever you were just explaining it to them. So that just there in itself, you can see, you know, you can see the value of the arts. And I think then from there, just, you know, talking to music educators, uh, understanding that they very much know that. And so they want yeah. music programs, you know, across the country. They want to enhance their own music programs because they know how instrumental that it is um, uh, to a child's success. How did NAFME, like, how did that shape how you work for Americans for the Arts now? And I would love if you elaborated, too, on, you know, your title as Director director of Public Policy, because I know for myself, that could mean a lot of things. <laughs> so what does that mean for you? Well, it's funny because I still think I'm very much defining exactly what that means. I think the Director of Public Policy, and, well, the reason why I say that is, is that we are at Americans for the All Arts um, very much redefining the way that we do advocacy right now. We went through an appreciative inquiry uh, process where we asked folks in the field to, you know, to uh, 
to tell us what they thought we were doing well, what we needed to improve upon. And so I think because of that, we're going through a strategic realignment plan that is going to um, better define where we should be in the art space. Uh, but I think that, you know, one thing I do know is that I like the title of director of public policy because I actually like policy development. And so Ken, like how, how I was just saying earlier about um, you know, meeting with music educators or music program leaders uh, to talk about what their issues, you know, are, um, which most of the time are lack of resources, financial and otherwise, and looking for creative ways to solve those problems. So I like that public policy, the policy development side of it. Um, I also love the advocacy slash lobbying side of it, too. And so I think that that title, uh, that more general title of public policy has kind of allowed me to do, you know, all three of those um, roles. And, you know, all three of those roles are equally important in their own way. Mm hmm. As Americans for the Arts did that strategic, you know, analysis, what did you all find um, from from the answers that you got? How did you, how did that shape how you view the advocacy work now? Yeah, I think that one of um, I think that they were all in all very pleased with the work that we were doing on the federal level uh, as it pertains to working with public policy member or to excuse me, for lawmakers um, at the federal level, you know, members of Congress, um, federal agencies. Uh, they thought that we were doing that work well to implement laws as well as federal funding that advance the arts. I think what they wanted us to do a better job of is to do a better job of including those local communities. So going back to the mm. local level, connecting with them, figuring out you know what their needs are and how to implement those policies or, or those needs into public policy um, at the federal, state, and local levels. I think that that um, also includes you know areas that are areas and people who have been traditionally underserved, like um, you know, BIPOC communities, rural areas, urban areas, uh, places where, um, you know, the resources just haven't been uh, available uh, to them. So um, we've switched to a what we call a year-round advocacy approach where we're bringing uh, members of the arts community um, in to Capitol Hill to advocate somewhere between, you know, four and five times a year. Uh, we're also going, uh, we're, we're also planning what we're calling a fly out, where we're flying out to different parts, um, <clears throat> different communities within the United States to, um, to advocate uh, for the arts to their lawmakers whenever they are on recess. Uh, and back uh, in their home, uh, in their home state or in their home district, understanding that we need to be out there supporting them just as much as they're coming here to Washington D.C. to support us. Wow, that is awesome! How, when that's a very unique idea uh, for doing the flyout. What? 
how did you like how how did your team really figure out that that idea and when is that going to take place well again i think the idea pretty much stemmed from the fact that uh through the appreciative inquiry analysis they felt like we needed to be doing more in terms of you know connecting with local communities we had had before this we had had what was called the national um, action uh, advocacy summit uh, that took place every year here in Washington DC uh, you know upwards of 600 people would come it was great it was successful um, and it is something that we hope to one day again maybe do on some level but again not to definitely not to supplant the work that we're trying to do now which is reaching out to local communities and one aspect of that is this flyout that I just mentioned. We're planning to do that um, within the months of uh, August and September. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a really phenomenal thing that that's going to happen. And um, speaking on Americans for the Arts specifically, um, obviously, you know, you as a as an organization want to connect the arts and communities and business. How do these partnerships contribute to ensuring access to the transformative power of the arts for every American? Our CEO, uh, Nolan, Bivlin, Nolan Bivens, he is a um, he, he's a former brigadier general. I think what what comes with that is um, a a strong appreciation for our country's founding, and he is very big on. Our governing documents and how they actually include the arts and I've really taken to that personally myself because I am you know I am a history buff and I'm actually reading right now uh, Ben Franklin's uh, biography that was written by Walter Isaacson and you know in in 1747 he's writing about he's writing about how um, uh, he's writing about education and what is a proper education for a child. Uh, he includes the arts and says that the arts will not only entertain, but it will serve them well whenever they are adults. Uh, you see that in the Federalist Papers, and Alexander Hamilton is trying to, um, trying to persuade the states that we are a unified country and not just separate states. Uh, he actually uses uh, commerce and the arts as two important entities that unite us as a country. Um, you know, um, Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution uh, provides, uh, affords um, uh, copyright pr protections for the arts. NFHS actually does fantastic work with uh, their copyright program for music education and the performing arts. But, you know, there the Constitution felt that it was important enough uh, for. Um, that the arts be protected uh, in that form. And so I think the, you know, so it starts there with the fact that, you know, I think that we truly believe that uh, arts are intrinsically a part of America's fabric. Uh, from there, I think that there are ways that we are trying to incorporate, you know, connections between business, between um, arts communities. One of those ways is the um, AEP-6, which uh, stands for the Arts and Economic Prosperity uh, 6. This is going to be the sixth edition. And basically this is a 
um, an economic data piece that um, we collaborate with 400 different uh, communities in the country. Um, you know, they range from different ge geographic areas, from you know Hawaii to Alaska to you know right here in Virginia. Um, you know, ranges in in different population sizes, from you know 1,400 uh, in one community to I think the highest nearly five million. Uh, and again, I think that this connection with local partners is incredibly important because without them, we won't be able to, we wouldn't be able to secure um, this economic data. Uh, and then, like, just as an example of of what you know, of what we feel like that this data can do is, is that we found that the average person whenever they go to uh, some sort of um, arts event, uh, they spend about almost $32 um, uh, uh, for that event that does not include the cost of admission. So mm. think, for example, right, you pay for a babysitter if you have kids. If you are from out of town, you might uh, uh, buy a hotel, drinks, dinner, um, you know, maybe a maybe a uh, um, a new outfit or something like that. Um, you know, it, it it does a fantastic job of showing uh, the multiplier effect uh, that the arts have um, on a community, on a local community, and the economic impact that it has. And I do think that it's because of those small business partners and those small arts organizations uh, and those arts communities that really allow for this type of work to happen. Yeah, and I want to get back to something you talked about as arts being a foundational element of this country, because I think a lot of people don't view that or, or see that right now or see that in the world right now. How does Americans for the Arts, how, does, how do they promote that fact? And I know you, you talked about your CEO and you being a history buff, of course. How have, how have you really emphasized this to music educators and directors and arts educators, I should say? Well, I think the first thing that I have started doing, um, I wish I would have done it earlier, but I think that I, I found it incredibly valuable, is that we have... You know, arts educators, whether it be where I used to work at at NAFME, whether it be at Americans for the Arts, um, you know, some of the other disciplinary uh, arts advocacy organizations, they have fly-ins, they have hill days. Um, I find that sometimes they feel like they feel like that they don't belong or their issue isn't as important as, for example, you know, tax policy or isn't as important as health care. Uh, you know, isn't an issue of the day that you hear about all the time on, you know, I'm dating myself, but like the six o'clock news. Um, <laughs> you know, so what I try to do is to show them, you know, how much they in fact do belong, both, you know, from those, both as it pertains to, you know, our founding documents, as it pertains to the economic impact that the arts has, um, there is a Bureau of Economic Analysis um, report that came out in March that showed that the arts sector is a $1 trillion industry um, above some of the powerhouse sectors that you think of, like construction, like transportation. 
so this is a very, very serious, um, this is a very, very serious sector. And I think that, you know, the more that we continue to believe that, the better that we do at, at advocating for it. Mm. Yeah, interesting to think if, you know, that part of our economy went away, what would happen to our economy? Because I think that's, I mean, like you just said, $1 trillion, that is a massive amount of money. And I, I think it really speaks on the importance of arts, uh, like you said, and having your having children in the arts, no matter what age they start or no matter what uh, field they go into. I think you can advocate for anything like that, too. So that's really, really fascinating. Could you share an example of a successful initiative or a successful uh, achievement you've been involved in at your with your time uh, at, at Mer- Americans for the Arts and how that really helps you, your view of arts in America? Sure. Well, I think the one thing I really enjoy about working at Americans for the Arts is how much I've learned about, again, how the arts intersects in different aspects of our society. Um, I would have never thought, so I, I, I do have tax policy experience, I do have healthcare experience, I don't have any experience as it pertains to um, Veterans Affairs and uh, the Department of Defense. And I've been able to work on a healthcare initiative uh, in both of those areas. Uh, last year, for example, uh, um, because of the work of arts advocates across the country, we were able to secure $10 million um, for arts funding for the first time ever within the Department of Defense. Uh, And that goes to clinical research for um, brain trauma and other invisible wounds, understanding that, you know, arts therapy Uh, can and is incredibly uh, helpful. I think that the science is, uh, continues to actively demonstrate that. Uh, We've also been able to secure certain funding like that through the Department of Veterans Affairs to help veterans, um, to to help veterans, um, you know, re-enter society after um, doing the you know, fantastic work of defending our country. So you see there just how incredibly important uh, arts is to healing. Uh, so I, I so I found find that just um, you know incredibly rewarding and seeing uh, you know firsthand uh, how the arts you know really can uh, positive positively affect um, you know military service members, um, you know, who are suffering from invisible wounds. Mm, that's so needed, uh, especially for veterans today. And Tushar, this has been so, uh, so great talking with you today. Um, I have one more question uh, for you that really pertains to the high school space. Uh, what was your favorite activity in high school and how formative was that for you now? Very formative. I, I would say my favorite, um, my favorite activity in high school was probably student government, uh, student council. Yeah, my my one of my best memories was um, running for uh, student council vice president. Uh, we basically um, we we used to have cheesesteak Fridays 
Everybody loved cheesesteaks. We advocated for two-for-one cheesesteaks. That was our <laughs> campaign slogan. Uh, we won, but then I found out, just like how it is in real-life politics, it is a lot easier to campaign than it is to govern. <laughs> and we, didn't, we worked all year to get that, you know, things that we didn't think about, like, you know, funding and resources and the ability of, of, of cafeteria staff to actually make twice as many uh, cheesesteaks. Um, and, uh, but you know, we, we did get it done. Uh, with about two days left of school. But that, you know, I do think that that really helped informed me to know that, you know, civic engagement, civic society is incredibly important, uh, no matter what you do, because, you know, here we are in the music education space, and it is incredibly important for music educators, um, uh, as well as other arts educators to be uh, advocating for themselves, advocating for the students that they teach, and advocating um, uh, for music education and for arts education. Mm, yeah, very well said. Absolutely. And that was a great way to end it, Tushar. Thank you so much for coming on today. This was so informative for me, and uh, it was just really great talking with you. So thank you. Thanks, Ken. And, 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 and again, thank uh, many thanks to NFHS for the great work that they're doing. Awesome. Thank you. Well, for all of our listeners out there, please remember to subscribe to the show and share it with someone that you think will be impacted by what was discussed today. Uh, sharing with one teacher, coach, or administrator will go not only a long way for them, but it could go a long way for us as well. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope to catch you next time on the stage. <laughs>